You are listening to Noted, a music and beer podcast hosted by Jeff Burns and Brian Duggar and produced by The Blade. Hi there, this is Brian Duggar of the Toledo Blade here with Jeff Burns, also of the Toledo Blade. We're here for episode number nine of Noted in Toledo. We're here at uh, uh, Ernest Brew Works on Detroit Avenue in Toledo, one of our favorite hangout places. And uh, and buddy Jeff just got back from buying a car. So tell us about that experience, Jeff. So I had today off of work, thank God, because I just spent five hours at the car dealership. But luckily, Brian, I walked out with a 2016 used Chevy Cruze. <laughs> I know all our listeners, I mean, they're going to think you're loaded, man, because uh, last week we got on the episode and you had just jetted back from uh, Florida and now you're all buying a new car. <laughs> we don't get paid for this. This is just part of our job, man. <laughs> but uh, I'm, actually, so. I'm actually broke. Don't I, I really am. I live paycheck to paycheck, so... He really is. We really have to beg people to buy us beers at these places. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're here at Ernest and uh, uh, drinking. We're going to get a couple different beers, but, uh, you know, I got a new Sincerity IPA, which is one of my favorites. And, of course, I'm thinking Jeff's going to get something else. But uh, he comes up to the table with a... I got the new Sincerity. It's my favorite beer. But the thing about it, man, is it's an ABV of 6.9%. And I... I just spent five hours at the dealership, and I haven't eaten anything since probably, I don't know, 9 a.m., and it's, what, almost 6 o'clock now? And it's going straight to my head, dude. (laughs) Well, dude, you know, I've been doing a little, uh, you know, self-reflection, kind of looking back at our podcast and thinking about things, listening to a couple of them. And you notice that I actually notice that I actually say actually a whole lot, Jeff. (laughs) Actually, that is annoying. So I'm pledging to stop. You know, I've been listening to these episodes, and, you know, some people say uh or ah. Well, apparently I just say actually a whole lot. And so I actually want you to tweet me at Noted in Toledo and let me know about it. If you you hear me say it, you know, call me out on it and and tweet me. You know, my wife was saying that uh, anybody that... Uh, tweets me, and, and now I'm saying, ah, uh, I'm saying, ah, uh, now, Jeff. So, but, yeah, my wife was saying that anybody that tweets me that I, they caught me saying, actually, in Toledo, I should buy them a beer. But we're not going to do that, Jeff, because I am a journalist and I have very little money. <laughs> so, but anyhow, you know, I'm not a radio guy, so I'm not totally good at this, but we're trying really hard. We just know that we got really good guests, and we want to share that with people, and so stick with me, and hopefully one day I'll figure out how to break this nasty habit of mine, and uh, you guys won't be sitting in the car saying, there he goes, actually again. <laughs> Anyhow, Jeff, tell us about our guests that we're going to have coming in today. Yeah, so it's a, a, a band from Bowling Green, Ohio, called American Spirits, and uh, actually they... Jeff just said actually. You can you can uh, tweet me, and, uh, you know, and next time you see me, you can punch me in the face if you want. Anyway, this band, American Spirits, are from Bowling Green. Um, they're a great band, a great rock band. Um, they released their uh, their most recent EP, actually I think it was their first EP, called Nowhere Near Perfect back in uh, February. And uh, the guys also from the band host uh, shows over at their house in Bowling Green. And they refer to this house as uh, the Summit Shack, and which you'll hear in the interview them talking about. But it's really just them, you know, 
it's a real venue, dude. And I've been to several of these shows, and they have stage lights, they have a PA system, uh, it's, and it's all in this garage. And uh, before we get into the interview, um, here's a song called C'est La Vie by American Spirits. That was a song by Bowling Green Band, American Spirits, called C'est La Vie, uh, from their EP, Nowhere Near Perfect, which was released uh, in February of this year. Um, we're here with Connor and uh, Dylan from the band, and I uh, just want to say thanks, guys, for stopping out and being on the show, man. I really appreciate this. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, but so, you know, you guys have been, American Spirits has been a band for a while, like about a little over a year now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, just over. And uh, I know you guys are both 25, and I know American Spirits is a four-piece, but... Um, Tell us a little bit about like how the band started, and uh, did you guys did all of you meet each other in Bowling Green? So, um, when I was a kid, I met Bales. I think I was like ten. He's probably like ten. I was probably about thirteen. And uh, so I met Bales. We moved to Bowling Green, and I met Trey through a friend um, named Kate, who is now lives at the Summit Shack. Um, performs there all the time and too. And she's also a performer. She goes by Pina Nina. Um, through her, I met Trey, and we like jammed a little bit. He knew I played guitar. He was a rapper. Um, like he, oh, no way. like a real rapper. Like one of the best rappers that I've ever heard. Like personally, as far as like friends and uh, yeah, we would like just jam, and he would do like a cover of the Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi, like on guitar, <laughs> and we just like jam out and stuff. And uh, one day. We were like, we should just, like, start a band. <laughs> and we were, like, joking around, kind of. And it was like, well, I play the guitar, 
Trey can just rap. Our friend Chance played the drums at a punk band like f- ten years before that. You talking um, about um, Chance Duffy? Chance Duffy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, yeah, and Bale, we're like Bale's just here play these two chords the entire time on bass, <laughs> and uh, we like jammed and just did some like screwing around and messing around and. We like recorded this terrible like EP <laughs> demo thing on my phone or like on your phone. <laughs> I, I think we did it on a phone, and then we did like some. We did some on a Tascam like four track, and then um, through that I like mixed it in GarageBand, and we had like one song that was like that came out listenable. You know, uh, it was original. Uh, I mean, now we have changed it up to do a, a cover of that, or to do like a not a cover, but like a new version of that song um, with the current lineup, but. We were like messing around, and essentially that turned into um, like a year of not doing anything. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're kind of in a band. We've never practiced in the last year. Uh, <laughs> and then our friend Ashley was about to make a video for like a, a senior project for college, and she was like, "Hey, do you know anyone? That's, you're cool. Do you know anyone that's in a band?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm in a band." And she was like, are you really? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> but uh, she's like, well, my 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 uh, group partners want to do something really lame. So if you can do it, that'd be awesome. And I'm like, okay, cool. It turns out Chance is like in Chicago. So I'm like, ah, oh, my friend Connor plays the drums. I'll see if he can do it. So before that, I had been hitting Connor up for like months when I first met him, I found out he played the drums, and I've been hitting up for months. Like, dude, there was you a really drought. need, you really need to like, you really need to clean out your garage so we can jam or do something or clean out the basement. And uh, after how long? It was it was probably how long was it like messy like that or how, how long, long did you long, hit me up? How long did I hit you up before you? It was actually... pro- it was probably like three months before we actually jammed. Wow. Yeah, and I had jammed with Connor like two or three times before this, and I knew Connor was like good enough to play like the songs that we, you know. Connor hadn't played the drums in how long? It had been like two years. Two years. Yeah. So none of us had really like been playing or practicing. and We were all very stale. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we just like put something together and it just happened. Uh, we just started jamming. And I think at first Connor was like, I think at one point Connor was like, hey, I don't really have time for this because <laughs> we kind of suck. <laughs> I think that was kind of like pretty much the exact because we weren't really like we weren't really trying. It's like we had like a, a yeah. really half-assed cover of Caged the Elephant, Ain't No Rest or the Wicked. Just oh, yeah, it was just like jamming um, around. Yeah. It wasn't even real. And then like two other like half songs that eventually turned into RGB and Leave Me yeah. Alone, which is actually our, our first two singles we ever put out, which is yeah. actually really funny. Um, uh, and then eventually Dylan Dylan sat us down and was kind of like, "Hey, do you guys want to like do you want to try do it for real?" Let's, like, and let's I was do like. I was actually getting ready. I had just graduated, um, and the main reason I had been like curving Dylan so hard is because I just I just graduated Bowling Green State University and felt like I needed to like travel. I had saved up a bunch of money, so I you know went to Pennsylvania, went to Florida, went to California, just like traveled and like wow. took all my time off work in like a month span and just was gone pretty much. Um, so when you said you went and traveled, you just went to those places just to see them or yeah, yeah. i have a uh, uh, friends who live in florida um a few friends of mine just moved to la nice. uh, one of my cousins i hadn't seen in a long time was in san diego <laughs> um and i was just like hey do you want i haven't seen you in forever can i come visit now um, that i now that i have time yeah exactly i have yeah. time i have a little extra money you know i can not worry about my loans as much uh right so dylan uh 
was like, do you guys want to try? So we started trying. Um, yeah, sat down with. So what did trying uh, consist of? We, I mean, the I like, mean, the first six months we practiced like five days a yeah, week. Yeah, we I, I were practicing constantly. I think that like everyone, I think that I, I was probably like the most hated person ever because I'd be like, yo, we're playing that song again and again <laughs> and then again and then again because that sounded awful all five times. <laughs> we're gonna get it right the first time because I'm not gonna sound bad. <laughs> and so were you playing out in the garage? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we just practiced <laughs> out in the garage, and it was like it would be like 90 degrees like outside, so it's like 120 in the oh garage, you know. Yeah. And it would be like dripping sweat, yeah. but it was like I, I'm I'm the kind of person where if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and if I don't want to do it, I'm not gonna do it at all. So if I if I'm out, if I'm all in, I'm gonna be all in. So I was like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna like make it a go. And same thing with the Summit Shack, like our DIY venue. It was like we threw a show there, and it was it was like, well, if we're gonna throw shows here, we're gonna throw shows here. We're yeah, gonna we have to really do it correctly. Do it. Yeah, we're gonna like we're not gonna treat it like a party. We're gonna treat it like a show. Right. And it's going to be a real event. It's not gonna be a house party where there's a band playing and the people are talking over the band, or you know, it's not just gonna be a place where people can get messed up. Like this is a place where the bands are playing and people are t- paying attention to the bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. just kind of kind of my thing from the start with the band too. You know, um, I don't ever want to play a place where where the background music. I never want to play a bar where where like people are talking over us or that where they're like, "Hey, can you guys turn it down a little bit because the Cavs game's on?" You know, that's not our style. We're we're there to play. It, we might only play a half an hour set, but we're gonna play the half an hour set as to the best of our ability. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And for the longest time, we would like play hometown shows, and people would people would ask for like an encore. <laughs> be like we don't have any more songs. <laughs> we we only focused on these like ten songs, so we could get it right the first time. Um, I think now we probably still can only play like a fifty minute to an hour set. We could we fill really we could tried. fill out an hour if we wanted to. We really tried. We could probably fill out an hour. We cut like fifteen songs at this point. But yeah, we set. just we just we're just like if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right, and we're gonna you know only gonna you only get to put out a song one time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with with today with the way that today's bands are. Um, or just not not today's bands, but today's music industry is. There's so many bands out there that it's so hard to get noticed. Mm-hmm. And um, first impressions are everything. And if the first impression isn't good, or if someone hears a, a recording that's not good quality, um, people want to throw it out right away. Yeah. Or they want to. People don't want to um, embrace it like they would. Like just there's. A, I don't want to say there's a difference between local music and like big music because there's not. But local music has to sound just as good as big music if you want people to take it seriously mm-hmm. you know um and that's just we want to be professional yeah and we want it to sound professional so if we're talking we about the fat we want to sound really tight all the time right and if we're talking about you know doing things right right so honestly i discovered you guys by seeing the c'est la vie music video nice um yeah. and which was you know so well put together and i know chance duffy actually is yeah. he Chance Duffy's our, our original original drummer, yeah. and then um, he is like one of the best videographers I've ever met in my whole life. Totally, I would um, agree with you. He's on that. like one of our best friends. He lived in the house um, that Trey um, lived in with Kate, and that's how I met all of them. There was like a it was like a team. Uh, yeah, they were all like best friends, and honestly, it felt so great to be accepted into that like group of Trey and Chance and Kate and and all of them. Um, yeah, and and just like that, that group is so amazing at art. Um, and Chance's best friend, um, best friends Matt and, and Taylor, formed Loon Base Studios. Um, and Loon Base Studios does all of our most of our art, um, most some of our posters, 
Um, they just finished shooting our next music video, yeah. um, which is currently in post-production right now um, to be released pretty soon. Um, yeah, yeah, because this, uh, I mean, I checked just the other day, and for Say La Vie, the video has like over, like close to 17,000 views now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was hoping you could sort of tell us, like, did you guys shoot that? Like, did you guys film that in Bowling Green? Yep. So uh, we shot some of it in Bowling Green. Some of it. We also shot some of it in Mummy. Oh, true. Um, There's the one, the alleyway. The, the shots, um, the shots of me and um, Katya, who is the actress um, who yeah. portrayed um, the female part in the video. Um, we shot those scenes in Mommy, and we shot a few B-roll shots in Mommy, I believe. But most of the shots were at the house, um, and then the alley shots are actually right across from my apartment downtown. Um, and that's like right by Panera mm-hmm. in Bowling Green. I knew it's it. a very yep. noticeable. The Sam, it's the Sambies Panera I knew it. I knew Everybody it. recognizes. They're very like, I've been there before. <laughs> 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 actually, Britt, my girlfriend Britt, uh, I made her. Wa- I made her watch this ep- or this video like a million times just because I'm in love with the song. And uh, she was like, "Dude, I think that's shot like right by Panera in Bowling Green." And I yep. was like, looking closer, I'm like, "Dude, I think you're totally right." She's got good eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I just didn't like give away my home address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we shot the music video in Bowling Green, mostly at the Summit Shack and around town. Um, and it features our cats and <laughs> not our cats. I guess not. I don't live. Yeah, the house I guess the I don't Summit live Shack the house. Cats, I pretty much live our mascots: but, Haku, Sushi, but, and Anna. Um, and uh, <laughs> JP. JP is Trey's um, dog, and JP's twin brother Rex. I don't know if he was in the final cut, but mm-hmm. I know there were some shots of him. Um, yeah. So, but, like, the, what about like the fire, like in the uh, in the end, like when uh, the chair gets lit on fire? fire. So, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we had like the most uh, jank fire squad ready to go. Uh, <laughs> so we had a like old towel that we dipped in water, and we had like a fire extinguisher that was dated like 1996. Kate's and, actually behind the chair. Yeah, the Kate's Kate's like behind the monitors and everything, like behind like the monitor rack behind on the oh, stage. Way like hiding um, behind the fire. And I'm like out there with a five gallon bucket of water. And so like, I'm like, we're all like right out, we're all like right out of frame and the chair is just going into flames and yeah. Chance and Matt are like back pretty far. And they just keep saying more, more like keep Matt, Matt keeps just running, keeps up running and throwing up, on lighter fluid. He's throwing light, and like the, the flames have been hitting the rafters for like a minute now. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just about to run in and Chance goes, kill it. And I run in, and we all, like, we didn't have to use a fire extinguisher. We didn't want to, but um, we just ran in and threw the water on it and threw the towel over it and put it out. And everyone think, everyone's like, did it? Did you burn it down? And I'm like, of course we didn't burn it down. <laughs> so but, many people asked if it was CGI. They're yeah. like, how did you make it look like that chair oh, really? was burning? Oh, and no, I was like, really oh, no, we burned the chair. And, then, and then, <laughs> then we threw a show. I think it was at Focella. We had, we had a show, um, and we had the chair outside just like sitting outside the garage and a bunch of our friends, <laughs> a bunch of our friends were like, we love the American spirit so much that we're going to sit in the chair and take photos of the chair with us. And they didn't realize, you know, we'd lit this chair on fire. Of course it's covered in soot. <laughs> so, uh, I think like three or four of our friends, just like their entire backs and, and butts were covered in soot. Um, but they're troopers. They didn't care. They, they wanted to take a photo with the chair. So, but yeah, um, yeah. Chance and Matt are incredible. And yeah. Ta- and Taylor, uh, Taylor Wilkes as well. She does um, a lot of the illustrations and a lot of the art that you see at the Summit Shack. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all three of the big wood, the big yeah, wood the uh, paintings, big wood panels um, are all done, uh, done by her. She's incredible. Yeah. And um, talking about, um, you know, if we're still talking about the same song, right? Say la vie. Say la vie. Um, you know, 
which actually means, you know, that's life or such is life, mm-hmm. which I know is a phrase that you guys repeat a lot in the song. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit more about this concept and uh, if it's at all a reflection from the EP's title, Nowhere Near Perfect, because to me, you know, that EP title sort of, you know, has the same idea behind it. Yeah. So um, C'est La Vie is a phrase that Trey's dad, Trey's our lead singer and main lyricist. Um, Trey's dad used to say to him a lot as a kid, which was kind of like anything, anytime something went wrong, he's like, well, that's life, you know, like life's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Um, And then the week leading up to the video, Chance and Matt, like car trouble, both of them, both of them like lost their cars, essentially. Like they had no way of getting back and forth to the shoots. They had their had no money to buy new cars or fix their cars and it was just kind of like when life gets you down such is life and it just seems so perfect for the video um that it seems terrible to say but it seems so perfect for the video that the week before chance and matt's cars broke down and they had trey's this trouble got broken out and trey's window uh trey's window got broken out at a show that we had played and in here in toledo and it was like a huge bummer for that week and when we shot the music video it was like the stress all just like bubbled away like it was like this music video we shot was the culmination of all these terrible things happening. Um, and it just seems so fitting that it came out well, you know, such as life, all these terrible things happened. And then all of a sudden we had this great music video that we really like. Um, that's, but, most, but, that's most art though. But, at this point, right through tragedy and shit like that. Yeah. That's, I mean, all good songs are about heartbreak or, you know, something like that. Mm. Right. But writing the song, I think Trey just had a lot of, things happening in his life where he was happy with some of it, but a lot of it he wasn't happy with. And it was, it was kind of like one of those things where life takes you where it takes you. So just let it take you there, you know, such as life. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to listen to another song from the EP right now. And it's called uh, so much time has passed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. But during the actual song, you guys sing so much time has passed, right? Yep. Yeah. So we like to drink (laughs) cheap beer because we're broke and uh, you know, we like beer. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a beer music write, podcast. So perfect yeah. Place. yeah. Right, writing writing um, so much time has passed on a set list is just way too long. So we just brought <laughs> <it past. laughs> Um Tell us a little bit about like how the song came together. Uh, so I was at home playing acoustic. This I write most of the riffs at home and then bring them to the band and then it just comes together from there. Um, and I was at home writing this this like little part that I really liked and. I really didn't, I never really write any of the lyrics, but for so much time has passed, I, the only part that I really wrote was the, that part, that phrase, the chorus, so much yeah. time has passed. Um, I had this song written and like the, the riff and the only part I wanted to, to, to do was the chorus and I brought it to the band and Trey had these amazing lyrics to go with it and we just went from there. Uh, it was actually two songs. The, the second half of the song just was a totally different song. They were like, we can just make this and this song the same thing. Instead of having one song that's three minutes long and stays the same the whole time, let's just make it two mm-hmm. one and a half minute songs and throw it together. And, a, lot uh, of our, a lot of our songs don't really feature different like movements. Um, it's a lot of um, verse, chorus, loud, quiet um, type stuff. So for us to kind of like break out of our shell and like do something with a completely different approach for the second half of the song was kind of like a a nice like step forward and kind of let us know that we can actually advancement in songwriting. Yeah, exactly. It was our first song that I, I felt more mature about that. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't just, that's a good way to phrase. That. I felt that I felt, 
I think it was one of the first songs that it it wasn't just like a jam that we were just like oh we're all playing we're all on the same page right now this is a song it was one of the first times that we were that I brought something to the band that we all thought was that's we went a good through song, a lot of stages you know? a lot of stages before we were finally happy with how it turned out but I think yeah I think I think this song definitely represents like a a, a growing up in the band um, I think it probably came around like the four or five months mark. Mm-hmm. When when we all kind of started taking it more seriously, it was right before we recorded the album. Um, yeah. like literally about less than a month before. Yeah, we, and never we originally weren't gonna put it on the album, but we were just so happy with it. We're like, we need to nail yeah. this song down. Um, and, and I, it was I probably our favorite. I yeah. still think it's my favorite song that we've ever played. Um, it's my favorite song to play live. Absolutely, uh, and it's, it's my, our opener usually. It's our, always our opener. Just that it fits so perfect with. Um, I just it describes everything that we sound like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good exploration of what you can expect. Yeah, especially from like the EP that it's featured on, um, and our our next releases in a, yeah. in a few months. So let's take a listen. So much time has passed. That was a song called So Much Time Has Papsed by American Spirits. Um, and now, um, can we t- talk a little bit more about the Summit Shack? Um, so, I know, okay, so, I've, and I've been here two or three times, um, but this is essentially like a house mm-hmm. in Bowling Green. And yep. who who owns the Summit Shack? Connor. So, Connor, Connor does. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but you guys mainly, like, you host, like, these DIY shows at this house, but... Most of the bands are playing in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've only ever had one show in the garage or in the house. In the house. And that's because um, it was the last show we had with Navery from Dayton and Honey Creek from Milwaukee. 
and it was like 95 outside. So you can imagine how hot it was in the garage before you put the people inside and turn and all the gear running, oh, okay. especially um, with our new board. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we decided the house has air conditioning and that goes to 63. So <laughs> uh, let's just I took like the day off work and just moved everything. The yeah. whole we just took thing. the living room and put it outside. Yeah, <laughs> we took the living room out and put it outside and brought the garage inside, essentially. Um, but other than that, we've never had an, out, an inside show. Um, the garage is, I, I think it's just perfect for music, really. Like, the size, it's, what, a, it's a nice what, little two-car garage. Two-car garage, um, yeah. Every good band starts in a garage, so, like, you know, why, why not finish it there? There's a whole um, there's a whole music program named after a garage band. My, my, yeah, my, I remember one time um, my grandma, uh, is like, my grandma's like my mom, so um, my grandma and me were talking about music, and she was like, do you mean people come all the way from, like, Cleveland and and places like that to come play in a garage and I was like yeah that's like that's where all the good bands are playing now and she's like I just don't understand you kids <laughs> you know well, well you know what There's, and that's the same thing with me I'm the I'm probably the old guy well I am the old guy here at the table and, uh, <laughs> and I'm like what do you mean they play in a garage how big is this garage is so, it like a hundred yards long or something but <laughs> it's a pretty small garage <laughs> but uh but if you like music you can you can fit um the only problem that we ever have um is people don't want to keep the door closed people are always like can you guys open the garage doors actually and i'm like no we cannot open the garage doors we have neighbors <laughs> yeah um but the garage can hold about 75 to 80 people if they all pack um and i'm and telling you man this thing like the two or three times that i've been there this place is totally i mean you're just like crammed in there with yeah. a bunch of people and everybody yeah. else is, is lingering outside right yeah. outside the exactly. doors, listening to the music you, can, yeah. you know having a cigarette or something yeah. and the people that are inside are like Oh, they're all there to hear music. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you guys are actually using a uh, sound system too, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's got to be crazy. It's literally like, set up like I don't a, mess around when it comes. Like I said, <laughs> if I'm doing it, I'm going to do it. I mean, you even uh, have like stage lights or like lights oh, yeah. that shine yep. down. We have like, stage yeah. lights. We have monitors so the bands can actually hear themselves. Yeah. A lot of DIY spots just feature the bands setting up their cabs a lot and of their times, amps. Yeah. A lot of times when we go when we go places um, or like when, when, band, when bands come to our place, um, they'll like leave and say this is the best sound we've ever had from a DIY spot. And I've that, heard like, Ben say that, that like, while I've been that's there. That's like, oh, it feels good. Um, and that's Bale, all Dylan, had, too. Well, also, that's 100% Bales, Dylan. Bales, Bales yeah. runs a soundboard for the shows because I'm usually running around with like a chicken with my head cut off trying to like make everyone happy and <laughs> uh, move stuff around so that there's enough room for people to stand in the garage. Um, but Bales runs the sound for most of the shows, um, and we've had a couple other people, our f- close friends um, that we know, um, they've run sound for for us or for our shows, um, but yeah, I, I I never learned learned how to do anything like that. I just like when I was a kid, there was nobody who played music in my town, so I had to learn how to do it all myself. So luckily, my grandparents were like really supportive, and uh, we had an extra bedroom, and they said just like make this your room. And then my grandparents like eventually bought me like a big mixing board, and I had monitors and like set up in my bedroom. Like it was a full setup. So since I was a kid, I've been like setting up crappy PA systems, you know, um, basically doing DIY stuff like that since I was a kid. And when Connor was basically like, hey, here's a space and all the money you want to do to do this. <laughs> I was like, this is a dream come true. <laughs> um, but yeah, we take it seriously. I, I really want bands to come there. And I, I get like offended when, when bands are like, do we need to bring a PA? I'm like, no. This is like coming to a venue. This is like going to the OT or Frankie's or it is a venue, or man. Howard's every, or every time that I've like been that. there, like it's a, it's a legitimate venue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I got there like way too early. Uh, I went to Focella, which was in April, 
and um, I got there way too early. Or no, I think actually, you know what? This was in March, uh, this time that I was there, and I got there so early that you guys were still putting um, like these sheets like on the walls or something for sound. Probably, yeah. And it, and it makes me wonder, like, um, and the show actually got shut down early. Was it the Wellman Equipment Show? Wellman Equipment Show. It was yeah, the Wellman they, Show. Yeah, they had yeah. a tour fall apart. Um, and a lot of their dates uh, got a little messed up, so we figured so might as well talk to them at the show. The show, check. the show got shut down, but everyone played, right? That Actually, Wellman played. We didn't play. We didn't and play. The only reason why I went was to see American Spirits play. Oh, really? And it got shut down before American Spirits okay. played. And so the question I had is like, like, what are your neighbors saying? Like, what do you have to do? <laughs> like, I mean, how loud? I mean, it's so pretty actually, loud. Actually, we've never. That was the only show that's ever gotten shut down ever. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm bad luck then. The the only reason that it did was because we are like yeah. super cool with our neighbors. Um, and I went around with with uh, I printed out probably like twenty letters, um, three pages long, just kind of a, a really 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 long way of saying please don't call the cops. Um, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, we're, we have a practice space here. We play during the week. We normally keep the sound done by 8 p.m. during the week. Um, but sometimes we ho- I didn't I didn't want to call it a show because yeah. um, there's been a lot of problems in the past with uh, DIY venues being shut down because they're ho- having shows. So I used the phrasing open practice uh, for multiple bands. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, if you ever have any problems, here's my phone number. Um, text me. Call me. Um, here's my other roommates. If you can't get a hold of me. Um, you know, come approach us because we'll we'll get the sound. A, we'll do it faster than the cops. We'll get everything quieter way faster. You don't have to wait for them to show up. Um, B, you know, we want to facilitate art for the town. Um, and C, please, please don't call the cops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just. And, and he did it in a Connor way, which is like the way that like a 12 year old would do it. So he was like being silly the whole time. <laughs> you, gotta keep, you gotta keep people. You gotta keep people low. You gotta, you know, you gotta deescalate before so, there's any yeah, chance so, for Yeah, so everyone, everyone's like, this is like a really funny, cool guy. Like he's, they're, like they're not, they're not out just like trying to facilitate a huge party that's gonna be out of hand. Well, that's the thing. It's like a menace. It's really cool that you just mentioned that because like, the two or three times that I've been there, it is like, it's there's just like people, professionally put together. Yeah, it's there's not people like drinking just, there. It's not, it's not like a no, no alcohol thing. Um, mm. there's people drinking there, but they're no one responsibly. Yeah. Everyone drinking, has a respect yes, for what it's we're It's like doing. going to a show. It's not like going to a, a college party. And that's that's what bothers me so much about um, other DIY spots that, that I've experienced in the past is people want to treat it like a party. And it's not a party. It's a show. But it's not um, just music. I mean, you guys have... Don't we you have stand-up like, comedy. You have stand-up uh, yeah, comedy. We, drag we really right, yeah. yeah, we really love stand-up. Uh, <laughs> I really love stand-up personally, and I know that a lot of uh, our friends, um, Mark Phillip, who is like the best stand-up comedian in Bowling Green, and probably like ever, so um, <laughs> he books all of our stand-up. He also is our bathroom attendant at the Summit Shack. He's made um, so much money doing that. He's made more yeah. He's made just, more just, in bathroom okay, attendant just, donations than we have ever made like, as, a, as, a, as, as a, like no. doing the so venue. So just, just to clarify... <laughs> Just to clarify, he's not in the bathroom with you. He's outside the bathroom. Well, oh, Jeff um, mentioned this earlier. Like, yeah, there's a guy like outside the bathroom, yeah, kind of handing out towels. I'm like, what? yeah, what? yeah, what? yeah. So, so literally, uh, he's his, like a little like he's a minor celebrity at the summit yeah. show because there we had a show after he had done it for the first time, and multiple people approached me like, "Where's the bathroom attendant? Yeah, like why is there no one handing like, me gum at like this a, table? He's like a pretty recognizable guy because, um. He does stand up. He's done stand up for a long time. He's run. And he runs Grumpy Dave's Open Mic Night yeah. every Tuesday. And he Green. also uh, works at the convenience store in town. So everyone that buys cigarettes yep. or booze knows him because he's sold them cigarettes. And um, he just like is so funny that, and it's like very dry. So it's exactly what you'd expect from him. Um, he's he, his exact words to me were, "I usually just sit in my room the whole time 
This way I can make some money and entertain myself. <laughs> so he pulled like a lawn chair out and put it in front of his bedroom door and then took like a TV tray and then sat out like Mentos and like Tic Tac gum. And uh, there was like towels and he had a tip jar and he made $19 the first night and a $25 Dollar Tree gift card. So hold on. The second time that he did this, he used the $25 gift card to buy all of the mints and gum for the second show. So he's just he's stacking money on top of money right now. <laughs> he's reinvesting. He's making yeah, he's, he's making smart, smart investments. Man. Yeah. But yeah, we have a bathroom attendant. We're probably the only <laughs> DIY venue to have a bathroom attendant. Um I just want to boast about that for a second because nobody else has that. No, um, man, I think that's that, I mean, how many bands you get that come to this thing? Yeah, we have uh, so we've had so we 30. Oh my point. goodness, we've had 30. 30 shows. Um we've probably hosted over I don't know, 50, 60 bands, I would say, from, at this point. like, how far? Uh, Boston. Yeah, we've uh, had bands Milwaukee, from Boston, bands from West Virginia. Chicago. Yep. Wow. But in one night, how many bands are playing? Uh, we keep Normal try nights, to keep it we try to four. do three. Three, three band right. bills are we used to do a more blessing than, to the We used community. to do four. <laughs> but four, four band bills are great it, for a venue, but for a DIY spot, It drags a tiring. little too long. Just a little bit too long. People get just, I, You notice people getting burnt out. Right, um, yeah. By the time the last band goes on, but with three bands, by the time the third band comes on, everyone's like, "Oh, it's the last band! I'm ready!" Yeah. And everybody's very excited. So yeah. we definitely think that we're going to try to stick to three band bills for the most part. We make exceptions though. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes there's like a band that we're like, "Okay, you guys are, you guys are on it. Don't worry about it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, are are these like uh, like touring bands that are just driving through? Yeah. So a lot it? of a lot of our um, touring bands have come from FBT Booking. It's like a close friend of um, Connor's. Mm-hmm. And um, they've sent like three or four bands our way, or three or four waves of bands our way. That we, um, I also do some booking at Howard's Club H, mm-hmm. so um, I know that I can always book a Thursday for one of those bands. And we've done a lot of shows with them on Thursdays. But if we can't do that, then they come through and play the Summit Shack. Um, and the only downside is that we can't pay a touring band because we're a DIY spot. Mm-hmm. But and because we allow drinks. Um, offering donations can be perceived as serving alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also we're making a profit. Just the spirit of DIY is, is kind of people don't want to give donations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just it's do it yourself. You know, they don't want to, they want to, they, they feel better buying merch, you know, exactly. So a lot of bands, oh, people buy merch. A lot so of much bands, the summit Shack. a lot I of bands it. say like, awesome. we've sold more merch than we've ever sold before. Like this is the more merch than we've ever sold at any of our shows on this whole tour. It's a DIY show. Yeah, you know? that's another um, thing. Is like so that's so that's how we can pay our that's how we can pay our touring bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I know the people. I mean, Trey and Bryn will always buy a piece of merch. I'm always going to buy a piece of merch from all the bands. Yeah. So I mean, they're guaranteed at least fifty, sixty bucks for coming. Yeah. Um, each time, and I'll buy you know I'll I'll supply beer for the bands. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, usually I'll go get some like Little Caesars pizzas or something like that. Just so you know, it, we, we we can't give them a guarantee. We can't guarantee yeah. anything, but and we can guarantee that we're going to give them the us, best experience we us possibly can. Us being in a band and like being on tour sometimes, we understand what it's like to be on tour. So like we know that those little things go a really long way. So like when you get to your the venue and there's like food for you and like drinks for you, that's like oh, that's money I don't have to worry about right now. Like cuz when you're on tour, you're taking time off work first of all and like you're probably already broke because you're a musician so <laughs> like you're really broke when you're on tour so like providing little things like that is huge for, for bands and so do these guys crash to your house yeah sometimes yeah, yeah. um yeah. A, a lot of times they they'll uh have people at their next date um that they'll go stay with but we've had 
probably five or six bands crash anywhere between um, just staying at at the shack after the parties, you know, the party and the show is over um, or going over to Dylan's apartment um, and staying with him. Yeah. Um, before Trey moved in, Trey actually lived separate uh, from me. Uh, he didn't live at the Summit Shack for a while, so he had quite a few bands stay at his place as well. Yeah, um, we just, you know, we have a ton of friends in Bowling Green that we know are good people. And mm-hmm. when we you, always when have you backups. Run, when you're in DIY, um, the whole spirit of DIY is if you mess up, you're not allowed to come back. So be cool because you want to come back. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a very, very, very high thing or high, zero tolerance policy on any sort of like bigotry. Yeah. Um, zero tolerance policy on any sort of like instigating, um, starting fights, anything like that. And we've, we've luckily never, never had, had we've never had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, never so we've never had issues. to enact, you know, the zero tolerance policy, but, uh, we, there's no room for that. There's a lot of, a lot of problems in the music scene, um, with, uh, um, abuse and coercion. Um, and we don't want to facilitate that in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, so the instant anything like that shows its head, we're distancing ourselves from it immediately. Yeah. No, man. The first time I went, um, I went by myself, so I didn't take anybody with me. And uh, this group of random group of people that I've never met before in my life, um, they you could tell that they were friends, but they like totally were. They were just like, "Hey, come over here. Yeah, let's hang out." Mm-hmm. Like that's, literally, that's something that I really love too. Um, and it's like all these different people come together, and like when you go to a show, you're going with your friends and you talk to your friends, right? You like, and a lot of times. I'm 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 a kind of a I like I'm not really a social butterfly when it comes to like being a huge group. So when I go to shows, I just like stand there and wait for the show. Um, and Connor's the kind of person where he's gonna like turn around and talk to every single person around I gotta him. I got to do my laps. And um, <laughs> but I think that like Connor's little spirit has like get worked its way around the party because like everyone's like social butterflies. They want to talk to everyone that's there and make everyone feel included and and feel welcome there. Um, and people when they come like they don't just stick to themselves they don't stick to their friends like they do at shows they they branch out and they talk to everybody they, they're like hey i haven't seen you here before what's your name <laughs> or and that's exactly what it's, i'll do it's like I'll it's, see new faces this is the emo time. version of who do you know here but like <laughs> the nice way you know but yeah we're just really proud of of like our community and the bands that come like you it's incredible that we get bands like the sonner bombs that are like awesome and awesome people and um, so many other bands, um, not not to just name one band, but like these bands come here and play for free, and sleep on our floors, and then drive home and go to work the next day at nine a.m. You know, like, and how they, cool they is that? They describe it as one of like the best shows they've ever had, which <laughs> you know? is, so, I don't know, it's just heartwarming. Yeah, it feels good to be able to facilitate uh, a good environment for for art. Because there's a there's definitely a huge disconnect between like the DIY scene and the bar scene. You know, there's definitely some overlap, but the people who are DIY till they die will never play bar shows. They'll schedule tours three weeks straight of playing in people's houses or playing in like a rented out building or something like that and do exclusively DIY stuff. So the fact that there's even an environment that's facilitating that for month long tours is incredible. Just there's so many that it's it's very heartwarming to know that there's so many other people trying to do what we're do you know yeah. doing in Bowling Green. We literally just last night we just we got back from tour last night at like the firehouse one in o'clock in the morning and uh, we were at the firehouse in Lancaster and uh, that's they're doing a lot of really cool stuff too. Um, they have like a message that goes along with with their um, music and it's a message of inclusivity and everyone here is welcome and they have free vegan food for everyone and there's like six kittens. 
Oh and, God. <laughs> um, they have they have a um, a free bin with like so many cool pins and stickers and tapes and CDs of all these bands all that the have played zines there. Too. And they have a, like a huge box of zines of all these from music, politics, anything that you want to read about. Wow. And it's just these people who want to make this cool environment and this cool community for people. And recently they switched to a, an all ages venue and they don't allow drugs or alcohol. So I can only imagine, you know, when you're like 16 and 17 years old, you still want to like music was my life when I was 16. So like, why should those kids not be allowed to come to shows? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to include that at the, at the summit shack. If Bowling green wasn't strictly a party town and it wasn't going to be, you know, we can't block off the yard and do ID and check IDs for every single person that comes through. So that's not something we can do, for but it's incredible. Did, it's incredible <laughs> that we did. That's incredible that the Lancaster did that, where they're allowing kids to come to shows now. Because imagine like a whole group of the co- the high school kids that are going to come to DIY shows, and then two or three years later, they're like, "Hey, I know a DIY spot that's super cool. You should come check it out." Because I know that when I was eighteen, nineteen, I had no idea that like this was happening and this was a thing. I didn't even know this community existed. So many people in Bowling it. Green don't even know that Howard's <laughs> is happening. No, they don't I even know, know Howard's is having shows. Uh, I, if, I always say that if we could just like for one night, just like go around to all the bars and tell everybody that like, there's like a good band playing at Howard's, like you'd get at least a hundred people to come to Howard's. You know how many people are in downtown Bowling Green on a Friday or Saturday? Oh yeah, night? man. Yeah. During I know. Every year. bar is four or 500 yeah. people. Uh, you sidewalks know? Are, are packed. So sure. it's, it's just crazy and I wish that more kids would come out and it's encouraging to see more DIY shows hosting kids because those kids then grow up to tell their friends like hey come to the DIY show with me or I went to this cool DIY spot like when I was 16 and it was super cool and they're still throwing shows go check it out wow. um, anything jump out at you guys as far as like a crazy uh, something crazy that happened at any of your shows other than the police showing up um <laughs> I almost want to say no, just because everything <laughs> has always gone so smoothly. I think everything goes pretty good. I think like, besides some technical dif- difficulties and uh, me getting mad at the guys. Popped a because, breaker once because during I mean. uh, the first Farcella. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we popped, we popped, <laughs> we, we messed up a breaker once. Um, but no, nothing really crazy has ever happened. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it does exactly what it's supposed to. Yeah. And that was kind yeah. of like our big, our big. That's a good Almost thing, I think. Almost worry yeah, with yeah. Vocella was that, I mean, we, we had 300 wristbands. We, we ran, ran out of wristbands so by 9 p.m. We ran the party until 2 a.m. after we moved everything inside for the DJs and the rappers. Um, you know, guesstimating anywhere over 350 people in and out the entire day. We had the yard fenced off. With we no had issues. seven bands, seven comedians, oh, seven acoustic acts. Got one. Someone sold toothpaste. Someone stole Kate's really nice toothpaste from the bathroom. Charcoal toothpaste. The really fancy, like, charcoal, like... Eighteen dollar, super good for you toothpaste. <laughs> oh that is the only thing that's ever gone missing from the house after a show. And, well, and and the the house is really old, and the doorknobs fall out. And <laughs> I don't know if they got stolen or missing. Someone hid them. I think we found that. I think we found that doorknob and just someone, turned like, it into a joke. I think joke. someone hid. I don't know what happened. I think someone hid the doorknobs, or it fell out, and someone. St- I don't. I don't really know this story, but I just know that like people have gotten stuck in the bathroom before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably the biggest you, like, thing. Close that's the door, like the ba- the knob falls out, and then like you're in the bathroom with no doorknob. Where's the attendant at? Um, yeah, we're, I mean, this was before well, we had pre, one. Pre bathroom attendant, him. we hadn't quite um, evolved far enough for that. But no, yet. nothing really crazy has happened at the summit shack. Yeah, um, yeah. Was, uh, other than do, crazy shows. Yeah, we've had some really incredible shows for sure. That's how crazy do, good music. That's about it. How do people find out about them? I mean, you guys post the schedule. So at them? first, at first we used to uh, we used to like literally like paper posters up. Yeah. Uh, we, we used to go, go around go, Bowling go Green to, and just 
go to Staples and like, print off like 25 posters and then put them around town like at Finders and like the, at Beckett's bef- like before people walk in just at places where college kids would go. And to be quite honest, I think we probably only got like 15 or 20 people from those. Like mm-hmm. just word of people. mouth is all I think of word it. of mouth. Just people saying like Facebook and yep. social media. Social media is, is huge. Facebook is huge. Um, yeah. And just people recognizing that this is a fun good environment it's a safe we're i i don't know if of any other safe spaces in bowling green that that like host shows um i mean the schoolhouse is is like inclusive but like we boast of like we're inclusive everyone can come and have a great time like you no one's gonna be mean to you everyone's gonna be super respectful and we're gonna do our best to make your time the best time you could possibly have there and uh yeah 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 man um well awesome uh before we wrap this up um you know thanks again for being on the show and uh we we want to end with with your song open nine to five another track that's on your guys's ep um nowhere near perfect um but can you tell us a little bit about the song so this was a a song that trey i don't i didn't even write the guitar part for this trey um this, yeah, this was a Bale's bass line and a Trey vocals that turned into no, a... So no, this, so this was actually uh, just Trey. Trey wrote it when he was on vacation in Florida, I believe. I think it was Florida. Um, he was just at home one day, and or playing the guitar one day, and he came up with like this really simple chord pattern and had lyrics to go over it, and he brought it to the band, and I was like... I don't want to play that. Bales, you play that. <laughs> so Bales plays like this, this like really fun um, bass line, and it's called "Open Nine to five because the bass line is literally the chords "Open Nine to five um, or the that's the tab for the bass. Um, we did that so Bales could remember it. Um, <laughs> and then it so, just kind of it kind of formed, and it, I, I don't really know exactly where Trey's um, inspiration for the song came from, but I think that all of us just kind of think that it's it's just like a culmination of all the little pieces of like sad moments that we've had as a band and then it just kind of comes together i don't really know connor you you go off that uh the the main the main thing that i got from it when uh we were working on writing the song was uh it started as a as a joke to call it open nine to five um just because it was bale's bass part um and it kind of stemmed into trey uh having like the main hook be where were you um, it was like it was almost like a joke. It was like, like where were you? I was yeah. working open nine to five. Yeah, you, you, you know, it's it's almost kind of like a like a redundancy that, you, you know, you're not quite sure, um, where to expect to be like to be seen or to be you know received. Um, but everyone knows that you'll be there like open nine to five. Yeah, and that's where you were. Where were you? you know? Yeah, very cool, man. Well, here is a song by American Spirits called Open Nine to Five.
was a song called Open 9 to 5 by American Spirits. And uh, Brian, that was, a, that was a pretty interesting... I'm going to have to take you to a show at the Summit Shack one of these days, man. It's crazy. If throughout, you know, they're talking about DIY, I'm like, what is this? Is this like a Home Depot thing or, or what is this? I still don't even know what it really means. But, uh, but Jeff, I think, tells me that it's something like an independent band. It's like a do-it-yourself band, so I'm guessing. But, you know, wasn't I mean, it's just fascinating. I mean, talking about this uh, uh, bathroom attendant in this house. I mean, picture this old house in Bowling Green. you got a bath, a guy sitting outside the bathroom. Handing you, you towels and, and mentos and stuff. So, yeah, that was a crazy, <laughs> wild episode, man. Yeah, man. Uh, the band's really good, too. For those listening, be sure to check out their song called C'est La Vie. Um, they also have a music video, which you can find on, online on YouTube and on their Facebook pages and everything like that. Uh, they're also on Spotify, American Spirits. Uh, give those guys a listen, man. But, um, Brian, tell us about uh, our guests for next week. Pretty pumped up about next week, Jeff. I mean, we're going to have something for uh, sports fans out there, sports, beer, and music fans, because we got Brandon Fields, who was an all-pro punter with the Miami Dolphins, and his Michigan State teammate, Chris Morris, who was drafted by the Raiders, but he also played for, like, the Patriots and the Lions, and... I'm going to have to, and while, while we're talking to Brandon Fields, I'm going to have to ask him, because Britt and I, my girlfriend Britt and I are a pretty big Buffalo Bills fan, fans, and uh, that's a pretty big uh, rivalry we got going on right there, so I'm going to have to ask him what he thinks about that. <laughs> but anyhow, man, so these guys opened up a brewery in Savannah. It's called Inside the Five. You know, anybody who follows football, they know that, you know, the goal for a punter is to, you know, drop the kick inside the five-yard line, pin the opponent's back. So, you know, that's what they decided to call it. And we actually checked this place out. Jeff and I have both been there. And, you know, it's a really good place. They got a full menu. And they've actually got 15 – actually. I said actually. (laughs) That's another punch. (laughs) You can punch Brian in the face twice right there. But they've got 15 beers on the menu, and and 12 of them – Brandon made himself. So it's going to be a real interesting episode, you know, just sharing some NFL stories. And we're going to ask him what they, I mean, he was in South Florida forever, which I'm sure the music's far different than here up in Northwest Ohio. And, you know, we got Chris, like I said, another former uh, NFL guy. And Brandon's wife, Katie, will be on too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're actually going to, actually, we're going to. It's another punch. Another punch right there. <laughs> we're going to have a, a someone from the uh, exercise room, the other Blade podcast, uh, they're going to be joining us, uh, one of the sports guys, so we can you know, attack this interview from all the different angles. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, man, I cannot wait. I'm going to have to ask Brandon wh- what kind of music he listened to before each game. Yeah, so that will be good. So uh, join us next week. Thanks for listening this week. And Jeff, as you know, the world is a better place with beer and music. So we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.